Well, it's just good to be in the house of God. My wife Natalie's preaching at our Bankstown Extension service this morning. One car went in that direction, the other car came in this direction. And uh, it is good, isn't it, that we're out there touching the city of Sydney with the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we are delivering His gospel to the people of this city. And we are so passionate uh, to see people come to know Him and uh, live under the promises of our wonderful, wonderful God. And I'm excited to share the word here this morning. Uh, we are in a, uh, what's been our summer series, which has really uh, been, you know, the preacher gets to preach what they want. And uh, as I've been preparing for a few weeks, I've, uh, it took me a while to land what I've landed with, but I was going to preach something about habits. I thought, you know, I started to get some thoughts around that at one point, and then uh, I moved on to maybe a preach around persistence. Who knows it's good in life sometimes to keep being persistent, and I started to get some thoughts on that. And then I had another uh, message brewing called The Cornerstone, and I started to write quite a few notes on that. And then I had another one called Getting Traction, and I started to get some thoughts around that. But then I landed on this one, The Word. Everyone say, The Word. So that's where we are here this morning, and uh, that is what I'm going to preach on. The message this morning is based around Joshua chapter 1. A uh, beautiful chapter in the Word of God here this morning, Joshua 1, and uh, just a little bit of background before we get into our scripture here this morning. Uh, Moses has just died. He has died at the age of 120, and uh, there was this promised land that was uh, had been promised to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and, uh, and Moses was shown the promised land just before he died, but he was told he wasn't going to possess that. However, his offspring would. So here we have Moses. He's not going to get there, but there's going to be coming one after him. And uh, the next generation was going to possess this land. And who's to take charge? It's Joshua. And Moses, in uh, the end of Deuteronomy, has laid hands on him. Uh, he's filled him with the spirit of wisdom. But Joshua's got some really big shoes to, uh, to fill. It says this about Moses at the end of Deuteronomy. It says, There has not risen a prophet since in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. So here we have Joshua. I don't know if you've ever faced something in life that maybe feels a bit bigger than you or like quite a stretch, but I love how the word of the Lord in Joshua 1 comes to Joshua and helps set him up so that he can do what he's called to do and not only do it, but do it really well. And uh, the first few verses in uh, Joshua start talking about, you know, reminds us again that uh, Moses uh, is dead. And then there's this great promise about that every place that Joshua places the sole of his foot, that he will inherit, that, that that'll be the land for the Israelites. And then we'll pick it up in verse 5 here this morning of Joshua 1, and it says this, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day 
and nights, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your ways prosperous and you will have good success. So here we have the word of the Lord coming to Joshua, giving him some great insight, some great keys to life so that he can be prosperous and successful. Who wants to do well in life? Can you just raise your hand if you actually want to do life in well? I would think that all of us have that on the inside of us, that we want to do life well. And what I love about this is these words spoken to Joshua about 3,300 years ago are as relevant today as they were to Joshua as they are to us today. These same principles, this same word of the Lord that came to him, we can apply to our life and it will be the key for us to do well in life, to prosper, to be successful, to go and be what God wants us to be on this earth. And I've always loved this passage. I think one of the areas I've loved this passage is that whole be strong and courageous. Sometimes we need to hear those words. And I can remember uh, when I was asked to take on the role here six years ago as the campus pastor with my wife, I remember there was some passages in the Word of God that I stood on, and this was one of them, where I kept reading them because I wanted to, to have that fall on the inside of me, Hartley, be strong, Hartley, be courageous, Hartley, be strong. Hartley, be very courageous. I needed to get that on the inside of me. I wanted to carry that into my life. But I also love, in the middle of this, is a couple of verses that are just so key to doing life well in verses 7 and 8. Because I just know that to do life well, to do life where God wants us to be, to be this successful person, there are principles we've got to stand on. It's not I love that life doesn't need to be potluck. It's not like, oh, it's just how the cards fell for me. No, we can all do life the way God wants us to do life. And we can stand on things like this that have promises attached to them to do life well and be successful. I would love to think and believe, and I know it's true, that the people out of this house will have some of this country's greatest teachers. We'll have some of this country's greatest lawyers. We'll have some of the greatest graphic designers in this country some of the greatest uh, electricians in this company. We'll have some of the greatest uh, people in all medical fields or places of marketplace. We'll have people out there, the best baristas in the... These people will come from the house of God because they'll walk in the ways of the Lord and they'll stand in this to do it well, to be successful, to be prosperous in what we do. And that would be so a heart for the people of this house. I love 3 John says this in 3 John 1, 2, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. What a beautiful scripture. Prospers and be in good health. That would be a heart for all of you. But it's got to be the book. It's got to be the word of God that we stand on, that we make that, that our concrete part in life. Because life throws a lot of things at us. And we need to know what's right and wrong, don't we? Right now, there's, a, uh, there's been some ads on uh, a certain uh, television station in Sydney that a, uh, advertising a show as the biggest hit show of 2017 in our country. And it's a show that actually saddens my heart so deeply. Because it's a show that 
is taking what God has ordained as a beautiful thing, and that is marriage, and trying to turn it into like it's an ice cream parlor. You just walk in one day and you try a different flavor. And it saddens my heart because I think there's people watching that and it's, it's just, it's blurring how life should be done. It's not the God-ordained way. And I think as the church, as the people of the house of God, as life goes on, we've got to make sure that we know what's right and wrong, that we know the way God wants us to walk in life. And how do you know the way? How do you know the truth? It comes out of this. It comes out of the Word of God. And this needs to be our blueprint. This needs to be what we base our life on. And it shouldn't be these other things that might sow seeds. That particular show will not get a second of playtime in my household. Because I'm going to stand on this, that the Word is a lamp unto my feet. It's a light for my path. Because I don't want to go into dark places. I need to stay in the light, but I need to know what the place of light is. Many years ago when I was a young kid, I, uh, I spent a lot of time at the local golf course. And I played golf there and I worked there. And it was kind of like a bit of a second home for me. And quite often I would uh, be up at this, uh, this clubhouse at the golf course, either working or maybe I'd been putting to the late hours of night and, uh, and I was coming down. And to get home, um, I used to often go onto the golf course and drive down one of the par fours to get home. And it had a huge, big, steep uh, decline uh, that I would get on my bike and I would fly down. I'd done this trip hundreds of times. I could do it in pretty much pitch bat darkness. And there was a night and I was a young boy and it was one of those nights that was very, very dark. But I knew the way home. I'd go down, I'd fly down this hill and I'd go along a bit of a flat and then I'd turn and there'd be this kind of bush area and there'd be a pathway. And I'd fly through there and another pathway and I'd go up a hill and I'd be home. And I remember one uh, evening getting on this bike. I still remember the bike. I remember it was, it was actually a girl's bike, but not many people saw me in the dark and you didn't know it was kind of like a mountain bike. But uh, anyway, I was flying down this hill one night and uh, who knows that uh, in like the late kind of 80s, early 90s helmet, what's that? So I didn't have a helmet on and I'm flying down this hill absolutely going as fast as I can. I hit the flats and I start turning into this dark kind of path area. And as I'm flying along, all of a sudden, boom, I hit something. I fly off the bike. I land straight on my head. I have one of those massive things where I actually saw a big bit of light go off. I laid on the ground in absolute agony. I was like, I was hurt. And all was going through my mind was, what did I just hit? I actually thought I hit a person. Anyway, I kind of came to a bit and I kind of grabbed my bike and I looked back and Sydney Water had left these massive, massive, big kind of piping on my track. But it was so dark so dark, I had no idea it was there. I remember getting my bike and, uh, and pushing it up the hill to get home, and literally, I was like, I was half concussed. Like, I, it, was a, it was a pretty bad fall. And I just remember it was because I had no illumination to the path that I fell into trouble. And it's the same in our life. When you don't have paths illuminated, you find yourself in trouble. We need paths illuminated. What's our light? It's this. That's the light. That's what we stand on. That's what we base decisions on. That's how we journey in life. We stand on this because it's the Word of God. 
And Joshua was told to do this. He was to, to make this, you know, to make this his law. Be careful to do according to all the law of Moses, my servant, commanded you. And don't turn to the right. Don't turn to the left. That meaning turn in the Hebrew is suhur, meaning don't turn away, don't depart, don't remove, don't go aside, don't turn in, don't take off, don't avoid. We don't, we stay. We stay true to the Word of God. It will help you in you, this life. And I love that the promises are attached to that. I heard one of our great cam- uh, pastors over at Oxford Force campus say this this week in our staff meeting. If you want circumstances to change, you need the Word of God on the inside of you. We need the Word of God on the inside of you. I was at a, uh, a dinner last night celebrating uh, a man in Sydney who has just spent 30 years of his life as the golf chaplain for the Professional Golfing Association of Australia. For 30 years, he has been connecting with people, professional golfers, and helping them in life. And as he was giving a little bit of a talk and sharing some stories, he said this at one time. He said, you know, I, one of the things I try and do is you have all these, these professional sportsmen and these men. And he had this little box and he, and he pulled out a Bible. It was like a sports Bible. And he said, one of the things I try to do is I, I try to get them to base their lives on something that is stable. And he said, and he threw down the word of God and he said, that's what I try and get these men to do to base their lives on something that is stable, something that is concrete. I thought, what a, what a great guiding thing that he has. as something he wants to do in life. You would think, oh, professional sportsmen, oh, they've got it all together. I tell you what, there's nothing more stable than him. There's nothing more stable than the Word of God. And we need to make sure that this book of the law is something that is in us, doesn't depart from our mouth. It should be like a river of life proceeding from our mouth. We need to read it and we need to speak it. Don't we, Brett? We need to speak it. We need to speak it. We need to declare it. It should be coming out of our mouth all the time. It's the place of our power. When Jesus was tempted in the desert, what did he do? He spoke the Word of God. He spoke it. He didn't even say, oh, let me go pray about that. He spoke the Word of God. The Word of God, it's powerful. It's powerful. We need to speak it. There's times where we just need to say it, declaring it into our world, declaring it into our situations, and say the Word of God. Say it. How's this for a description of the Word of God? Hebrews 4.12. For the Word of God is living and active and full of power. Let's all say full of power making it operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating as far as the division of the soul and spirit, the completeness of a person, and of both joints and marrow, the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. Oh, yes, it is. It is full of power. It is the Word of God. So maybe what is in your world that's maybe not tracking how you would like it to be tracking. You maybe haven't got the breakthrough. Things aren't quite going how you want in an area. Can I encourage you, go to the Word, stand on the Word, have that on the inside of you. Don't sit back, hope for it, wish for it, dream about it. Have the Word of God coming out of your mouth. I've had to do this in my life. 
Do I stand up here and say, everything in my life's been perfect, it's all worked out? I'm living an incredible life, but there's some things I've had to fight for. There's some things I'm fighting for right now. But one of the ways, I think, the grandest ways is just to be declaring the Word of God. Declaring the Word of God. You might be sick right now. Don't say to yourself, I'm sick. Say, by His stripes I am healed. By His stripes I am healed. Walk around your house saying, by His stripes I am healed. Get in the car and say, by His stripes I am healed. Walk into work and say, by His stripes I am healed. Whatever it is, find your words out of the Word of God and speak it and speak it and speak it. Don't let it ever stop coming out of your mouth. Declare it and speak it. You might be here today and dreaming of having a house. Find your scripture. Do you know the Bible says the earth is the Lord's and everything in it? That's one that I've held on to. Declare that into your world. Declare that into your life. Speak it and speak it and speak it. Whatever it is, space your thoughts on the word of God. Have them coming out of your mouth all the time. If there's financial pressure, find your scriptures. Find your scriptures. There's heaps of them in there. Stand on them. Believe. In God, in Jesus, you're going to make your way through. There's increase coming on your life. You're a tither. Declare, like the Word of God says, the floodgates of heaven are going to open. Declare that into your life. Declare it, declare it, declare it. Have it going. Study the Word of God. Get it on the inside of it. Don't let it depart. It's guidance. It's direction. It's going to help us. I love how the Word of God just helps us to know what's right and wrong. Isn't that good that the Word of God helps us so we can be men and women of true integrity, we can be upright, we can walk tall, because we need to. It's what we're called to do. And I love that the Word of God has so many, so many guidances for that. It's not about cheating, the tax man and dishonest gain. No, we do life the God way. We do life based on this. Because there's a lot of voices out there. There's way too many voices. What are we listening to the loudest? It needs to be this. There's a lot of blogs. Some of them are written by really intelligent people. There's a lot of articles in newspapers, articles in magazines. Some of them well-written, fairly good content. Other times, sometimes not. But there's no grander base. There's no more truthful base than this. The Word of God. His Word. His word. I asked a few really, uh, you know, influential people over my life, uh, you know, some heroes of the faith, what the word of God is for them. Listen to some of these responses. They're brilliant. There's a, there's a gentleman, he's a, he's a father and, and a grandfather, and he says this. He's, he's been reading the word of God as a staple part of his world for a lot of years. He says, ah, oh, it's full of wisdom. It's full of guidelines for daily living. It provides answers for questions of our soul. It's God's way of speaking to us. Who wants to hear from God? Who wants to hear from God for your life, for your circumstances, your situations? Read that. You will hear. It builds faith. It calms inner storms around us. How good is that? It calms the inner storms around us. That's the power of the Word of God. It brings peace it brings connections to God himself. I love that. Another friend of mine, a, a pastor, says it's like ground base. The world makes sense. Remove it and it doesn't make sense. It is my earth. Brings everything back to context. It's his connection to God. 
Reading the word for him is like going out for coffee with someone. It's the connection point. Another, uh, a big church leader says this, is how I listen to God each day and not be put in the world's box of how to think. It is how I make sure it is God speaking to me, especially for my soul and my spirit. It's how I listen to God each day about myself, vision, and I get encouragement. It's where I learn to think about everything, my systems of logic, my ethics, what is really right and wrong. These are great things. And to think, Joshua had a pretty limited book of the law back then handed down from Moses, but I love we live in the day of the book being complete. So much in there. It's a never-ending, never-ending journey for us to get deep into that. A number of years ago, I was uh, looking at my backyard and uh, deciding that it was a little bit plain around the outsides and I decided I'd, I'd build a garden bed. So I went to uh, Bunnings like every good home owner does and uh, I went and brought some little grey bricks and I started, there was kind of two areas I wanted to, to build this garden bed. And the first one wasn't very long. It, I was going to put not too many plants. It might have been about three metres. And I, I started to, to dig a bigger, bit of a gap. And then I started to put down these pavers. And I was, I was really struggling to get them straight. I was kind of like, you know, putting down some, you know, getting the concrete and digging the hole. And I'd kind of get up. And I was just struggling. I thought, this is hard work just to get this thing straight. So I kind of kept going. And I finished this short little area. And I thought, oh, it's, it's okay. I'm bit of a perfectionist for things like this it's it's kind of straight and then I got set up on the really big long garden bed and I thought man I'm in trouble here this is going to end up going like a snake so I like kind of got a few meters in it I'm thinking it's got to be a better way then all of a sudden I just dropped into my mind just a moment of brilliance hold on people use string for things like this don't they I thought I've got it so I went and I got the string set up and I put a little stick in the ground and I, I started doing this string. It's such a, a basic thing. But I'll put a photo up. I'll show you a little photo of how I ended up with the garden bed, if you've got that. Have we got that photo with the little garden bed? And I think I ended up doing a pretty good job. But there we go. They're like that's, uh, that's, that's many. Is that okay? It's kind of straight, isn't it? There's only one reason I got that straight. The string. It was my guiding point. It enabled me to get my amateur garden bed looking pretty straight to the naked eye. The string, the string worked. In life, we need to know what's going to hold us true, what's going to enable us to go on the right path, to go on the path that, that leads to eternal life and the path that leads to blessings, the path that leads to success. It's the Word of God. It's what's in that. A great lesson. To learn is to stay on that. It's in that. It's in that. We need the Word of God to cover all areas of our life, guidance and direction, the marriage, relationships, family life, work life, thoughts. There's so many things. And sometimes we just need it because what we get into our own mind is so far from what God wants to think about even ourselves, about life. You should get the Word of Him for you to stand on his promises, to remind us things that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Even that scripture alone, get your revelation on that. That's how God made you, each and every one of you. You're not a mistake. You're not imperfect. You're made in the image of Christ. He's got you where he wants you to be. God 
loves us and it's on his word. And this scripture talks about the meditation day and night and recently this, the start of this year, this really popped out to me. Day and night, day and night, day and night. I'm someone who personally has a lot of routine in life and uh, generally my quiet time with the Lord and reading of the Word is something I do a.m. I do it in the morning. I do it, I do it early. I kind of like to get it uh, before the kids wake up because once they wake up, there's a lot of demands and they're always asking for time and they make noise and it's a little bit harder to concentrate. So I'm kind of like, I, I love doing it in the morning, but recently I really felt the Lord just encouraged me to go deeper and not just leave it to the morning, but kind of have this happening all day. Not only reading and meditating it, but speaking it. So I've really gone to a new place in recent weeks where I'm, I'm just always quoting the Word of God. I'm just remembering Scriptures. Just, there's, there's Scriptures in there. I, I, I thank the Lord that at the age of 12 I gave my life to Him and ever since I've been reading the Word of God. And, and I don't always remember the exact reference. I don't think you need to, but I'm just quoting it. I'm just quoting it all the time, just Scriptures. I was playing golf yesterday afternoon before that, that dinner with the chaplain and, and I'm quoting Scriptures. I'm out there on my own and and I'm just getting this word, day and night, meditating, going over it, letting it bubble out of me because I know that my life will never be the same if I do this and I do this well. And there's just too many distractions out there. I just need every moment I can to, to be in the word and speaking the word and meditating on the word, day and night, day and night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, all the time the word of God bubbling up in my mind, out of my mouth, and I just feel like there's a call for me. I actually feel like it's a call for the church to stand on the Word of God, to speak the Word of God. This world needs change. It needs the light of Jesus shining through all of us. And the way we're going to do that is to have the Word of God day in, day night, day in, day night. We're in it. It's in us. It's coming out of us. We're speaking it. We're declaring it because it carries power. It carries power. And I feel like for this year, that's something I want to do grander and better than I've ever done ever before is in His Word, speaking His Word, declaring it out of my mouth for this church, for the families of this house, for my family, for my friends that don't know Jesus. I'm declaring the Word of God. I'm going to get into it in the day. I'm going to get into it at night. I want to be in this. And I just know the Lord's speaking to me true story about, it must have been about three weeks ago, I was wide awake at like 2 a.m. I sleep really well and it's like 2 a.m. and I, I had read this scripture like a, two days before and I'm like, two o'clock, what am I going to do? I'm going to read the Word. So I was in bed, I got out my, my phone, I went to my, how good are like Bible apps and I went to the Bible app and I go to put it on. So I've just been reading, uh, you know, this scripture in Joshua and then I go, the, the, it's like verse of the day and it's a scripture out of Psalms that says the same thing, meditate on the Word of God day and night. And I'm just like, okay, Lord, I think you're speaking. I think you're speaking at 2 o'clock in the morning, I'm reading this, and it's just like it just bubbled out everywhere, day and night, day and night, day and night, day and night. The Word of God, chewing on it, declaring it, speaking it. I just know there's power in that, there's power that's coming out of our mouth. It's coming out of our mouth. It's the Word of God. When God spoke, Right at the beginning of time, what happened? Things were created. Let's use that same power that's in the Word of God and speak it into our lives and speak it 
into our circumstances and situations for true transformation. I'll ask the band to come. Because we need it, don't we? And we need good foundations. Good foundations. A number of years ago, I noticed a bit of a personal health and safety issue occurring in my backyard. There's many of these in many backyards all around the country, and it's called the Hills Hoist Clothesline. Who knows that they are truly, they are a hazard to backyards all around our country. I've got a photo uh, showing, I think it's the one feeding the birds. See that thing, that very ugly metal thing sticking out of the ground? It's just in the way. It's in the way of a, a great football try line. It's in the way of some good cover drives for a bit of backyard cricket. The thing's in the way. And that thing used to sit there and it used to annoy me. It's kind of bent and it's like, it was kind of rusty in spots and it's just, it just shouldn't be there. So I was thinking up and starting to think of a plan. How do I, how do I get rid of that thing? So I came up with a mighty plan. I decided to go to Bunnings and buy an angle grinder, just add another power tool to my uh, very small collection at my place. And I decided to go up to that hill's hoist and put some power to it. So I turned on the uh, angle grinder, found the right little thing that cuts through steel, and I kind of got down to the base and started cutting into it. Took about, like seriously, about 40 seconds and the hill's hoist no longer was evident. It's high and dry in my backyard. The thing came crashing down. It was a glorious moment in my backyard. And then I looked at that concrete. You see, I just didn't need to take away that, you know, coat hanging height kind of danger out there. But concrete's not a good look when your son's trying to score a try and he comes in with a sore knee. So I thought, I've got to, I've got to get grass over that thing. And I was kind of realizing how big a job it would be to... Uh, kind of get all that concrete up because that's probably been poured back in the 60s and I was told it was probably going to be pretty thick so my dad is a bit of a gardener says why don't you just chuck some turf over the top of it so I thought sounds quick sounds easy and hopefully it gets the desired results so that's what I did I uh I got some turf from different areas of my backyard kind of the bits that were really healthy and started cutting out some chunks and started covering on top of the concrete with some turf. As I did that, I was thinking, this is, this is working. This is really good. It's about probably three or four years ago now. Thinking, got rid of it. But you see, one thing I've noticed is, I remember going away, I went overseas, and I remember coming back and a hot, bit of hot weather had come just shortly after that. And noticed the grass and all of the backyard was still green except for one spot. Have a guess what spot. So fast forward a few years since that happens and uh, you will find me most late evenings, early mornings out watering grass in my backyard trying to keep this patch alive. I've got a photo that I took this morning and uh, it's doing okay, but you can, I admit, you can see the... Uh, the existence of the old path. Now, we can still play footy and cricket, and there's no danger, so the, uh, the, the safety of my backyard is uh, far superior than what it used to be. But no matter how much I pour water on that thing, because that foundation isn't very thick, it just, it's just never going to survive. It's never going to flourish like every other part of that backyard. The foundation for all of us is critical. 
And I want to encourage us here today. What's your foundation? Is your foundation the Word? Is this what you're basing life on? Is this what you're digesting? Is this what you're spending time in? Or, or some of the other things that get in the way starting to, to grab you and grab your attention? And can I be really honest? I don't mind looking through Instagram, see how my friends are doing in life. And, and sometimes this is open and the phone's close by and it can have a pretty big pull sometimes. It's not always easy. But we've got to get disciplined. We've got to make this a habit in life, to be in this. In 2017, will you deep and have deep foundations on the Word of God? Will you stand on this? Is it going to be the light to your path? Because I would love to think that us as a church can just go deeper in this and have that as a true foundation in life. The Word of God, His Word. The word that has power to have it on the inside of us, to be meditating on it day and night, night and day, day and night, night and day, to have it coming out of our mouth, to be declaring it, declaring it into our world, speaking it in the car, speaking it in the house, speaking it at word not to be weird don't walk around just in the middle of the office of a hundred people and start quoting scriptures out loud for everyone to see you and just do it all day like work work so you're kind of normal but just have this thing bubbling up on the inside of you it will change your life it will see you just like jacob was promised going into great seasons of success for all of us and it's a beautiful thing The Word of God, it is without error. It is incapable of error. It's authored by about 40 different people from varying social statuses and occupations. From Moses, powerful political leader, highly trained, to Peter, a fisherman, to Amos, a herdsman, to Joshua, military general, to Nehemiah, a cupbearer, to Daniel, a prime minister, to Luke, a doctor, to Solomon, a king, to Matthew, a text collector. Over a period of about 15 centuries, from about 1400 BC to about 100 AD, over three continents of Europe, Asia, and Africa, in all sorts of different places, from prisons to palaces, in three different languages, in times of war and peace, through ease and uncertainty, through plenty and famine. Yet, I want to remind us as we come to a close, there's one unbroken theme through all of it, and that is the redemption of mankind. 